Welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy you're here with me today, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life, as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to feel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Elevate. So today we're going to have a series that I'm starting called Kate Talk, where it's literally just when I talk to you guys. It's a solo episode. So uh, that's how I'm going to label these. You guys know when it's a Kate one-off, kind of Kate speech. Uh, Kate speech. We're going to go with Kate speech. And I will be covering topics that you guys request and elaborating a little bit more on some of the nuances or context to things. So one of the big questions that you guys had is about where I am and what I'm doing with my trading and why that's really shifting. So I'm going to break that down today, where I am, how long I've been doing it, what the purpose of it is, and genuinely how different it is. So with that being said, I'm just going to jump right into it. So I finished bodybuilding about 14 months ago. And after that, I went through a lot of my own health stuff. And if you guys are curious about that story, feel free to leave a comment below and I'd be happy to elaborate on that experience for myself. But I certainly don't like to blame anybody. And I think, again, if you guys follow me, you know that I'm a huge advocate for extreme ownership over everything that happens to you, even the good stuff, guys. It doesn't just mean negative things. So with that perspective and that experience behind me, I really had to sit down and reflect and go, what is something that I'm genuinely passionate about that I can see myself doing for the next decade? And when I reverse engineered that, because I am so adamant about optimizing your health, taking care of your fitness, and I also really want to urge you guys to understand that being shredded is not healthy. And there's a lot of consequences that can come to prolonged periods of trying to be shredded and compete every single year. That's absolutely not what any of you guys should be doing. While bodybuilding is an incredible endeavor, and it will teach you a lot about discipline and mental fortitude, I didn't really need to go into that. I did not use it initially for the right reasons. And I can get into that story another time as well, if you're interested in that. But for today, with the purpose of the adjustments that I made, I do want to expand on that because I think it's really important for you guys to consider these types of things when you're deciding to go on a diet or change your training or at least be realistic with yourself about making a lifestyle change, especially if you're someone who really wants to be healthy and have grandkids and kids and play with your family and show up and have energy and clarity. If you're like me and you own a business or you're career driven, having mental clarity and energy is huge. And so remember that when you're running a business, you can't lead if you're constantly drained. So paying attention to what lifts your cup, what fills your cup, what increases that charge and what drains your battery is really, really important. And so when I had to sit back and consider what I wanted to do next, I knew that I would be draining my battery with bodybuilding. Not only does it take a lot of your time, it also does not make you better as far as a functioning human being in society. So with that being said, that was where I started. And then I reverse engineered from there. 
So from there, I reverse engineered and went as like, okay, if indeed focusing on things that I know that are going to make me better and fill my cup and provide energy for me and not get me into a place where I'm so neurotic with my food and my training and stressed and obsessed with that part of my life, but make me better fundamentally improve my health, focus on my longevity and continue to support my health. And so I just went back to basketball. I picked up a basketball when I was like four or five and it changed my life. It genuinely was the best thing I could have done for myself. And it kept me out of trouble as a kid. It gave me passion. It allowed me to use a creative outlet and put to put to use like some of the some of the stuff that I was angry about as a kid. And we all have our own trauma. So I'm not gonna, you know, give you some sob story. I just like it was a way for me to express myself without having to say words. And I love that. And I genuinely think that's what passion is. It's something that somebody pursues that lights them up and it lets them express themselves and things that they're passionate about without having to explain to you why they're passionate about it. It's just like, wow, that person is in their element. Like that's captivating. Like that person is passionate about that thing. And I love it. So with regard to the style of training, it's all athletic performance. It's strength, it's power, it's conditioning, it's endurance. And I did that for over a decade. <laughs> I played until I tore my knee when I was about 22, I believe. It's been forever, I feel. But that training style, I've proven to myself that I've enjoyed doing that and I loved it. I loved all of it. But I don't know that I'm at a place yet where I feel confident enough to pick up a basketball, to be honest. My agility is not there. My power is not all there. And just going back and playing in a league, I'd probably get hurt again just because you really limit mobility, power, performance, endurance, agilities, um, like that type of functional functionality in your human mobility and performance and just livelihood when you constantly are training hypertrophy training. And again, there's nothing wrong with it if it fits what you want right now. But for me, I was like, okay, if I'm going to get back into being an athlete again, I just want to start training like an athlete again. That's when I reached out to an incredible friend of mine and I asked him because he's very removed from the bodybuilding space. He's very into fitness. He's very big in the fitness space, but he's just not in that at all. And I was like, because you've worked with so many different types of coaches, like which one do you think would be the best for me? And he connected me with a coach that he'd worked with previously. And this coach trains like big UFC fighters and things like that. And he was like, just based on you and knowing that you want to learn and be nerdy, but also this, that, and the third, I think that this is the right guy. So I got on a call with him and he said everything that I needed to know. There's no nutrition plan that I have to follow. I do not have to track my food, but you will get better at these things. And I will become more functional as an athlete and do all of that. And so really focusing in on strength, power, performance, and getting conditioning from doing that. So remember the goal is not to be as conditioned as possible, but that will be a side effect of training at this level of intensity, especially if I do decide that I wanted to control for nutrition. And so being a science nerd, I'm always like, okay, well, I kind of want to see what happens here. Like, what are the real benefits? How will my body actually respond? And so I did decide to collect some data. So with that, I just wanted to explain kind of where it was and the purpose behind choosing that again, because I know I light up and enjoy being an athlete. Like uh, being bigger is not actually a goal that I have. I felt 
very, I still feel like I've put on so much density in my body. Um, and yes, obviously I've put on body fat since competing. So we can like not dance around the elephant there. Like some of it is definitely body fat that's absolutely needed, but nowhere near obese or anything like that. And so I just know that in my off season body right now, like I certainly don't have the goal to get bigger. I am very comfortable with the amount of muscle that I've put on. I would like to see conditioning in certain areas, but I cannot do that at the expense of my health. And so you see, there's so many different variables when it comes to choosing a selection and a path that's correct for somebody. And I share this with you because if you are someone who is going down the road of pursuing your health and your fitness journey, and you think that what works for someone else is going to work just for you in the same manner, you're not considering their diet history, their genetics, their background, right? And all of those different things. And they do play a big role along with genetics, which I, I think I mentioned a huge role in what you are capable of achieving. And that even goes back to bodybuilding. I know that it's such an ambitious thing for people and they think it's like the, the thing that will make them fit, right? It's like, oh, I've lost weight. Now I got to compete. And I'm like, no, you don't. Um, at least not to be adequate in fitness and certainly not to be healthy or opt and certainly not optimal. And those are just things that, again, I kind of wish somebody told me like you are functionally healthy, fit, like you have health right now and you take it there and you leave it there for a prolonged period of time. You can really take some big steps backwards. And I know this from experience. That's what I did uh, because I got caught up in the wrong things I'll say. So um, with that, if you are someone that's choosing to go down a path of pursuing your own health, I would really urge you to consider context matters with everything with coaching selection. And I can do a podcast on like how to pick the right coach. I actually did a live training about um, this was asked on our Facebook live group. So if you guys are not there once a month, I actually do a free community community with our entire free Facebook group where you guys can jump on and ask your own questions so I can provide value to you there. So if you're interested in that, make sure that you click that link. It will be in the show notes so that you can join too. But they asked specifically about how do I choose the right coach? And I did an entire, I don't know, 30 minute spiel on that because there's so many variables and it's not just go with your friends coach or pick the person that's at the top. I would say those are probably the two reasons you should not pick a coach um, because it's not considering you as a person. And I think that people forget people are so unique. Like that is your superpower, dude. Uh, so make sure that you're always going in a direction that serves you, especially with choosing your nutrition protocols and your training protocols. So with that, like this is what I knew and I spoke to him and he said all the things that I wanted to focus on and all the things that I didn't want to focus on. I was like, this is it. This is such a good fit. Um, so I was super excited about that. Now, when I first started into this, I will say it was uh, difficult. It was very different, very, very different back to like, you know, when I was doing true athletic performance, like strength and conditioning, Olympic lifts, unilateral work, agilities like just sprints along with zone two, like there's just a lot of different dynamical pieces. Uh, but so I've been in this block now for about four weeks. And when I, after week three, after, no, after week two, we had a conversation and he was like, you know, after like watching your improvements over the last couple of weeks, you should consider fighting. And I was like, I'm so in, like, I'm just like, I'm one of those people that's like opportunity. I'm going to find out if I can do it or not. Like, why not? And I think most people shy away from that because they fear judgment of how stupid they'll look doing something that they're not skilled to do yet. 
but that's how you get better at anything. So I think if you take any nugget from this episode, give yourself permission to be a student again. Give yourself permission to be, you know, a baby that's learning to walk. That just popped my head because Reagan started walking yesterday and I'm freaking out about it. Remember that it's not about being perfect and you can only get better if you continue to try. I always use the rule of 100 for almost everything that I do. Uh, I do this in training. Like I can't say that I suck at anything until I've done a hundred reps of that thing. You know, it could be a hundred days of something. And again, even with you guys that are on a health and fitness journey, if you're getting fucked up with the scale, Give yourself to go, okay, I need a hundred days of consistency before I can bitch about that thing. Like truly. And if you can do that over a long enough time horizon, not only are you going to get to where you want to be, you're going to sustain the results because you didn't do anything fucking stupid. Um, But I digress. I was super excited about it. And I was like, full send. Like, if we need to do that, tell me what I need to do. And so right now, one of the big things that I need to focus on is continuing to focus on conditioning if indeed that's something that I wanted to do. And one thing that I lost a lot of during training with bodybuilding because I would wear a belt a lot is actually abdominal strength. And so I do need to put in some extra work to build up strength in my abdomen. Now, that does not mean that I'm going to be able to spot reduce or magically produce abs because most of that is genetic, but it's ridiculously important to be able to have a strong core when you're performing. And again, think about your life, going through a squat pattern, being able to pick yourself up, right? Every time you do move your body around in space, you are engaging your core. So it certainly doesn't mean I don't have any, but it's definitely not as good as it once was. And so I have been very much more intentional about including that in my training. And so for now, the goal is to really kind of increase my performance, my endurance, my agilities, and my strength alongside as a benefit being conditioning. And so with that, I do want to explain the nutritional strategies that I'm going to use. So first, I have not been tracking for a long time. I've maintained my weight with lots of flexibility, which lets me know right now in this current state, while I'm still having a little bit, like my health is so much better, by the way, for those that you ask, I do appreciate it. But at the same time, I do want to be clear that like, I'm not willing to compromise my health for an aesthetic goal. Like it's just not worth it. I'd I'd rather have a decade on my life than worry about having an oblique line. That's me personally. Some people value different things um, and that's evident in what we see. But I also think that most people don't really think about the long game, but I'm not here to tell you what to do. Uh, With that though, one of the things that I wanted to do is just take a peek at my nutrition and see where am I at on average maintaining my weight with, again, a large margin of flexibility. So I did that. Um, and I'm right anywhere from like 1850 to 2100 calories. So I know that I can maintain my weight around there. Now, what I wanted to do after collecting that baseline was say, okay, with decent flexibility, I want to try to maintain within that calorie range. So if days I'm hungrier, right, I can do this. And so what I didn't want to do is get back into neurotic tracking or tracking every day. That just is not something that I want to put the mental bandwidth into. It's a choice, which means yes, my data will be imperfect, but I'm also again, not focused on fat loss. I'm not focused on my weight going down. I'm focused on the benefits of this training specifically while staying in a range. And so what I've done with that is I use for myself, again, you probably aren't going to be able to do this until you've acquired enough knowledge about nutrition to be able to intuitively eat. You've been intuitively eating your whole life and that's what got you to this place if indeed you are someone who's overweight and looking to lose weight. So remember, don't compare yourself to where you are or where I am relative to you. You're on your own path. So really critical point to consider. But because I've been tracking for so long, 
I can pretty much eyeball anything within five grams, which is again, due to my neuroses where I would track to like the 0.1 for like four years. So lots of time was invested into that knowledge friends. And there is a dark side to that, which I've done a couple of reels on, on my Instagram. So if you guys don't follow me there, make sure you do. Uh, I do a lot of short nuggets and clips that are kind of heavy hitters that you guys can take for practical application and put into what you're doing today. So make sure you check me out there. But with that, what I decided to do was make some meal plan templates and go, okay, uh, I'm going to have these staple meals, flexibility with snacks, flexibility with dinner, but I'm really not a huge foodie. I don't like to be food focused. I don't know that that's productive to anybody's livelihood, right? If you're going out to eat and you're like focused on the food that you get to eat versus like the person that you're sitting with, I do find that to be problematic. And so if you are someone who is struggling with being food focused at every event versus being present, that's definitely something that you want to challenge within yourself and really explore. Something that I really work with my clients to break through And if you don't know what I do, I do work with career-driven, busy entrepreneurs and professionals on optimizing their health, fitness, and their leadership abilities, uh, because you'll be amazed at how much a business can grow when you are optimizing the person that's in charge. Uh, But I digress. So that's what I really uh, think is, is super important for me was to not get back into all of those things. So I think a meal plan with flexibility is a really good strategy. And so what I will do is keep breakfast and lunch very similar. Again, I'm too busy to care. I don't care about being food focused and I don't want to be. And then dinner, I have a couple options, same with snacks. And so it's like, if one day I have an apple and one day I have a banana, I'm not going to freak out about those things. Right. And, but that gives me a loose estimation about where the calorie range might be that day, because you have to remember different, uh, like starches or fruits, are going to have more calorie density relative to another. So if I go for berries versus a banana, right, there's going to be a big swing there, for example. Um, And so just knowing that I know, okay, I'm going to be on the higher calorie. end if I go with this one or lower calorie today, and I always let it go based on what I want in the moment, a lot of people restrict things that they love and enjoy. Like I'm a banana whore. Like, yes, they're calorie dense. I remember for years I wouldn't eat them because I was like, oh my God, bananas are so high in carbs. Um, I cannot eat them. They're going to make me fat. (laughs) stupid. Um, but I didn't eat them. And with that, I I've just been on a banana kick. So most of the days right now are pretty high days, but that's okay with me. I say that again, to share with you, my goal is not to see a bunch of weight loss really quickly. My goal is to see if I can stay within a calorie range and really continue to get better and more consistent with my training. How will my body composition shift? And I can say like my weight has budged a little bit. I've lost about a pound and a half. So nothing crazy, Uh, but I'm down about half an inch on my waist. And so for those of you that get really caught up on the scale and the different variables there, your waist measurement has a very strong correlation to fat loss, right? Because especially like, I'll give you an example about a weight spike uh, later on. But one of the biggest things, if, if you want to be able to be logical and stay the course, which again is what's going to dictate if you win in the end or not, right? Your ability to stay consistent and show up and do the work regardless of which direction the scale tips, if you can do that, you will continue to see results because you have to remember that any given day, especially if you're a female, your scale will fluctuate ridiculously. And so it's about the trend line over a time horizon. And if, again, if you do a hundred days and you're not losing weight, then you're probably eating at maintenance or you're not being as adherent as possible, or you're misreporting calories, or there's so many other things that could be happening. But this is something that I dive into with my clients. 
But at the same time, again, I would rather get them to graduation, which is, yes, I'm a nerd. So I do have a school where we graduate from it, uh, where you don't need me anymore because you know how to eat and you know how to feel your body and you don't have to be neurotic about food and you don't have to sacrifice things you love or events or weddings or birthdays or parties or, you know, it just allows you to say yes. So anyways, again, little, little pivot. Uh, but with that, I understand again, that if your waist measurement moves and your weight goes up, you are not putting on body fat if your waist measurement is going down. And so looking at enough variables is also really, really important outside of how do you feel in your skin? Where's your energy at? How's your digestion? That's a huge problem for people that eat the sad diet, sad being standard American diet. It's really sad, heartbreaking in fact, but again, things that you should be monitoring versus things that you should not, because you will drive yourself fucking crazy, always focusing on that fucking scale. And I can dive into why women specifically have such a strong psychology with it. Um, but again, a tangent for another time. So I'm leaving lots of little nuggets. If you guys want me to expand on any of these ideas or topics, please message me on Instagram. Let me know. Also, I would really appreciate if you guys would like and share, download, leave a review. It helps the podcast get out to more people. If you got anything valuable thus far, I would really love for you to do that. But back to the conversation. So with that, again, my waist measurement is down. My food is on a higher level and I am much more energetic. I have much more clarity throughout the day. And again, just training in this manner. Now I do think a lot of it, again, is probably background and experience in this arena and knowing that it is just genuinely fulfilling to me to see where I started in at the beginning of these four weeks and where I am now. Um, and that's, again, people are like, oh my God, you only lost two pounds in four weeks. You're broken. I'm like, I'm not diet. I'm not dieting for fat loss. I am dieting for my health in a manner that fits my lifestyle and allows me to be, enjoy things that I love. And that's the most important thing. Because if you can't do it for a decade, there's no point in doing it for a day. And you will hear me say that a lot until it fucking clicks for one of you. Uh, because you will hear it at one point and you go, I get it. Side tangent for another good podcast episode actually would be why you should why you should let yourself fail or why you as a coach might want to let your clients fail. So if you are a coach that is listening to this podcast and you are curious about that idea, I will absolutely expand on it because I do think it's important. So again, the timeline for me is never ending. And I think that's super important because it's something that I can do for a long period of time and continue to enjoy. I've gotten better in four weeks. Uh, I couldn't do that. Again, there's a lot of unilateral, like so single leg squat um, or uh, what's it called? Like a flying reverse lunge. It's crazy. I don't know the terminology. I'm still learning. Um, but you know that was hard. Essentially, like you balance on one leg and you squat down in reverse kind of lunge, but you have to touch the ground with your knee and like not hold on to anything and then overload it with weight and get better at doing that. And so initially, like I had to use kind of a box and like, just kind of touch my knee and I was resting on it. And now I can get down to the floor and stand up and like go through the range of motion. My balance still needs to improve, but a lot of that is core strength and stability that I need to continue to build. But seeing that progression is cool, right? Along with some of the other things, my box jump is higher my endurance is better. My agilities are better. My sprint time is better. My zone two is better. So all of those different things physiologically are improving. And to me, that's more exciting than how much my weight moves right now. Um, now, if I do decide to kind of go through a fight camp, I would have to cut probably eight pounds or so. So again, nothing crazy. And that's to be again, conditioned enough, but not 
losing enough body fat and going to a place where I am metabolically unhealthy. And that's really important again to consider. But for now, I just wanted to update you guys on where I am and the purpose of what I'm doing and how my training is going and the results that I've seen this far and how I'm handling nutrition. So you guys get kind of a comprehensive profile of what's going on. So I appreciate you guys being here today. And end note, P.S., the first live event is going to be next weekend and I am freaking out. I'm so excited. I did make sure it was super small. And if you guys are interested in purchasing the recording of that, by the time that you hear this, make sure you go to leveluptraining.com. And if you go under events, there will be the recording. Half of the proceeds are going to the Ronald McDonald house. And if you don't know the reason why that is, it's because my niece, she was born while we were on family vacation. July 7th and her due date was October 15th. And so my mom and my sister had to stay there for months before Reagan could come home. And uh, they had a good experience there and were treated very well. And it means a lot to me. So um, even if you just do it because it's a great cause, I would appreciate that so much from you. And of course, until next time, we'll talk soon.